MaskLab is a hub for multimodal and digital scholarship that explores the relationship between media and our changing society. We support, curate, and create media intended to spark dialogue and social change and the development of pedagogy that uses media to foster civic engagement. MassLab is located in the Communication, Media, and Learning Technology Design Program at Teachers College, Columbia University. I think this one was for Randall's class. crazy for me when i listen to these things it's like this is the the wonderful thing about music to me music even like little musical fragments and ideas are like they're like uh they're like vibe capsules right like they completely capture a time and space and a moment in Shoshana. In this episode of the Mask Lab podcast series, Sounds of the Pandemic, we'll explore how music, and for that matter, sounds, beat making, sampling, loops, mixes, and remixes can be put into conversation with one another in powerful ways that are educationally transformative and meaningful for both teachers and learners alike. I myself am a musician and a doctoral student interested in the power of music and sound as a form of transport and holding of affects, memories, and narratives of multiple ways of being and knowing. In what ways can sound, snippets, traces, and edges that hold intimate and everyday personal and collective feelings and memories of our lives during this pandemic spark creativity and reflection? How can this practice meet educational spaces of all kinds? How do we come to remember and hold dear what we can't always put into words? Or what do we need to remember for futuring? First, we will hear a remix I composed that was given the very fitting name of Happy Birthday 2020. It contains sounds submitted by students and faculty members of the Mask Lab of their lives from 2020 as part of the lab's own processing of this pandemic, and loops created by music producer, musician, educator, scholar, and teacher's college doctoral student, Chucky Kim, from a mutual class we were in together last fall, 2020. In the second segment, we will hear from the wonderful Chucky himself as he shares a bit of his story and journey including his musical inspirations and aspirations, his music production, knowledge of the industry and of music education, and in addition, some of his own loops. We will also explore together how this kind of co-creating through sampling, beat-making, soundscapes, loops, remixes, and found sounds within music education is a way to facilitate creative moments within the framework of community especially during this time of pandemic. So get comfortable and settle in. Listen closely. 
Which sounds speak to you? Who do you hear? What are you feeling? What do you remember? And how are you becoming? Before we talk with Chucky, let me tell you how we met. Chucky and I were in a music education class together in fall semester 2020. In that class, we investigated what happens when music educators during this time, space, and moment amongst struggles for racial justice, climate justice, economic justice, and many additional awaiting promises during a global pandemic seek to reconnect with our instruments and ourselves as teachers who are becoming. How can we reconstruct ourselves within our musical spaces to then better serve and support our students, current and future, and their growth and love of music? As we moved formal schooling, non-formal musical spaces, and university learning to forms of online learning synonymous with emergency learning in times and places of catastrophe and upheaval, what came to my mind and still resonates is how we are deep within a portal of rupture and imagination, as author Aruntati Roy speaks of. We bear witness and give testimony within this space through what we co-create, the reflections and the creations of our realities. But I also like to think that this is not necessarily new for us teachers and learners. 
as educational philosopher Maxine Green wrote, To learn or to teach, one must have an awareness of leaving something behind while reaching towards something new. And this kind of awareness must be linked to the imagination. I just was really inspired by your loop bank and what you created and it um, inspired me as I created this track which were the these sounds that members of the Mask Lab uh, recorded during this time of pandemic and um, so the track is you know these various sounds and and your loops that that you created in a class that we were in together and then I just I just wanted to to loop you in. <laughs> oh, that's cheesy of me. Horrible. Okay. Um, so I was just wondering, uh, actually, do you mind sharing a bit about who you are? Sure. Um, I am. My name is Tracky Kim. I am a first year doctoral student in music and music education at Teachers College. Um, my pretty much for the past decade, really, I've been a professional music producer. Um, I'm currently signed to Sony TV Publishing. Um, I've, over the years, have built multiple music education, community-based arts technology labs around the country. Um, so what kind of brought me to TC was to really think about how, you know, my, on the one hand, I do a lot of music industry work. And on the other hand, I do a lot of community arts work. and. The thing that I'm really fascinated is kind of the in-between space. So it's like, a, mm -hmm. and on the one hand, from a technical term, it's um, I'm really concerned with the pipeline between them both, right? Like how does one feed the other? Um, and, but on a more theoretical level, it's like what, what are the, the ways that you can navigate both of these spaces, um, particularly for training and teaching and just the field of education for music as we move forward. Music education in these fields are already happening. You know, let me be clear. It's not, you know, I think there are great innovations that are already occurring on the field. Um, it's more about how do we bring some of that knowledge into the higher education spaces to, to critically reflect on it mm -hmm. and to really open up more pathways for people. Because um, I've seen so many incredible musicians doing some amazing things that I think it's it's worth noting. So that's why I'm here. So speaking of um, academia and uh, the music ed class that we were in, um, you created, well, what would you call it, uh, a loop bank? Yeah, it's like, a, <clears throat> so they're, they're pretty much called like sample packs. So in, you know, samples became really popularized in like the 90s even the 80s really with um with hip-hop you know they the whole concept is just taking pre-existing recorded media or audio and you choose a very particular section of it and you cut it up in a way that and you recreate something out of it jackie explains a bit about the history of sample packs and its rich lineage he tells me how french composer theorist pierre schaefer took a bunch of tape machines in the 1950s and would create loops out of them and then have them play at different times, in a way creating an entire ensemble with just pre-recorded sounds. This technique then got picked up by the Beatles producer, Sir George Martin, in the 1960s, who used this technique of sampling in the Beatles' Revolver album for the song Tomorrow Never Knows. 
Miles Davis, one of the greatest jazz artists of all time and pioneer of 20th century music, also used this technique in his music. And of course, sampling and looping is an integral part of hip-hop music and culture today, originating from its birthplace in the Bronx, New York, with the teenager DJ Cool Herc and his friends in the 1970s, and has spread throughout the world as a voice of resistance and revolution. One artist that comes to my mind is DJ Sama Abdul Hadi from Ramallah, Palestine. So essentially, a sample pack is a collection of sounds that can be composed loops like a repeated rhythmic idea, chord progression, melody, or simply any musical idea using any instrument or instruments that make sound. And they can continue for 4 to 8 to 16 bar loops, or in other words, however long or short in time. Or the sound in the sample pack can be literally the sound of one kick drum. Doom. In the remix composition I created, the loops Chucky composed that I included are from a sample pack he created, and the submitted sounds by members of the Mask Lab could even be thought of as a sample pack that I spliced, layered, deconstructed, reassembled, and essentially put in conversation with one another. One conversation of innumerable possibilities of creativity, voice, and being. Here are a few examples of submitted sounds and from Chucky's sample pack. Listen closely. To me, loops are like, it's like a deconstructed song, right? You're, mm -hmm. you're giving someone, um, you're, you're not giving them a finished house, you're giving them all the parts, yeah, right? And you're giving them all the parts and being like, hey, here's a blueprint if you, if you want to use it, but if you want to make something else on your own, then you know, you're more than free to because you're all the parts. All the parts are high quality. They all work modularly when you place them together and they fit them in. It's like Legos, right? Um, and it's really, it's much more about empowering the user or whoever's using them to create something new out of it um, in a way that would surprise me even, right? So I think, you know, even listening to yours, like I would have never expected you to put those sounds together um, just as much in the same way that if I sent it to someone else, they would have put it together in a completely different way just because that's the unique taste and the connoisseurship of the person using it. So I think loops to me is like a, I guess you can call it, like, it's like a compositional system, right? I think that's the way to right. think of it. Yeah, and I really love the idea that um, just that loops can have many multiple life forms, right? When different people create mm -hmm. with the same loops, and yet there are these traces, perhaps, um, to a certain, um, or, you know, original place of creation. But even that is sort of questionable about whether you know we're always creating from what's around us in life. At least I think so, um, and so. I mean, it sounds like you've made sample sample packs, right? Before, mm -hmm. so was there anything different when you um, decided to do that in the context of a class, and not to mention in this 
time of pandemic um, and um, and creating alongside peers in a class where we're not we can't even meet face to face. So I, I think there's two parts to that. So on the technical end of things of like actually uh, of executing of creating a sample pack um, that has always been done virtually for me. So it's like mm-hmm. having collaborated with people all over the world. It's just not, you know, you can't, you can't always get together. So, you know, that practice has been very much alive and well for a long time. Um, so that wasn't too much of like, it, it wasn't a different experience in that sense. What was interesting about doing the class was this, um, usually when you're creating a sample pack, you have to self-generate a lot of concepts and you have to self-generate, um, like the creative constraints and thinking about like what is it that you want to make um, whereas this one i really liked that every week there was a different creative constraint at hand and the fact that to me like the i'm a really big fan of friendly competition <laughs> i'm a huge fan of it <laughs> what Be- musician is it <laughs> exactly right and and i think there's there's something about it's like that Olympian spirit, right? Where mm-hmm. you need you need an opponent to get better, right? And I think there's some there's a magic to that, right? Um, and obviously, you know, winning is great, but what's more important is like the ability to outdo yourself from before. Mm-hmm. And I think a, a great competition brings that out of you. And I think that's so to me, like being in this was the first time in a long time. Um, I mean, obviously, you're competing a lot in the industry too, but. In a classroom setting, people that you're having conversations with like consistently on a weekly basis, it was a very different experience. And so I think for that was really, it was a, it was a really cool creative burst of energy because it made me every week it made me want to like wow people, right? I, I really mm-hmm. wanted to do my best to like like how do I do this in a way that sounds different, um, but at the same time it still gives people that hit of like amazement right it's like i really want to try to figure out how to like amaze people in different ways um and i think that's when art becomes really cool and i think that's when we're really doing what an artist is supposed to do right yeah well i definitely think that that happened just remembering from being there myself um and it was also i think interesting that we were all tasked with that of course everyone created in their own way but I definitely think that there was this sort of um spirit of um really nurturing our creativity nurturing Mm -hmm. it together um reflecting upon the moment that we were in uh collectively having those conversations about where and why where are you know you know creations coming from um these sounds um how we're putting them together poems that were also written and how mm-hmm. that speaks to us in this moment um and then really supporting each other and growing in our in our creativity um yeah I remember a lot of inspiration there um and I think that came through in the music that was created absolutely I think that just the it's kind of like the you know the pandemic the pandemic is like the backdrop and then you have mm. all of these conversations and expressions of people you know some some of them some of the the pieces were explicitly about the pandemic mm-hmm. and other of them were just meditations right or that's completely indifferent almost to what the pandemic is 
but at the same time they're all expressions under this backdrop of the pandemic and it kind of was just a really interesting way to help people process it sometimes mm-hmm. explicitly sometimes sometimes implicitly but the fact that we were able to do it together and have in this a listening ear with each other that was it was nice as we shared what it was like to explore learn and play with loops and samples within a music education course during this time of pandemic i was curious to hear more from chucky about how this time of pandemic has influenced him at the many intersections of himself as a musician and a scholar, educator, and a person of the world and in the world. First, he shares how in the past few years, he has taken his entire studio online, so he's not beholden to any one locality, and can essentially create music and collaborate with people no matter where home is in the world. This change enabled a different type of focus and praxis that has shed light on both community and equity work within musical spaces of loops and sampling. So it was a very long process of like, you know, obviously saying no to certain things um, that I had done for a while. But the other part of it was saying yes to completely diving into, you know, learning the the landscape of the Internet, to thinking about what online communities are, to, to think about what contemporary, you know, online virtual collaboration looks like. So I think that decision really, to me, geared me up a lot for our current moment where um, in a lot of ways, I don't, I can do everything I need to do from my, from my home. Right. So, so that was, that I feel very fortunate about. Um, I think in relation to that, what's been really positive for me is that so many of my artist friends, I mean, once the, the entertainment pipeline shut down, it's, you know, like overnight, all of my friends lost work. And, and not only did they lose work, but it kind of, if the live venues shut down, then so does a pipeline of all the production and all the composing and all that stuff. So it it was really difficult for a lot of friends. So I think to me, a lot of what was really crucial and pivotal during this moment is that I just been spending a lot of time reaching out to all of my artist friends and Mm. teaching them like how to use these tools to like being like, oh, like, you know, if you want to create this kind of music and if you want to collaborate in this kind of way, let's use this app. Right. Um, And here are some of the best practices to how to actually use that to collaborate with other people. And then so that's like one aspect of it, like teaching how to collaborate online. Another aspect of it is for myself, just been experimenting with like, well, what does music creation look like virtually, right? Like for me, like as a composer, it's like, how do you, how do you source and field sounds that are not just you, right? Like, how do you create an orchestra out of, you know, however many people? So like, you know, part of like my doctoral recital was like, I did this whole like live stream thing and just like, you know, so like over, I think about over 200 people showed up, like, you know, at, at different points. But then I have over 50 people that submitted sounds. Like some of them are like their kids humming. Some of them are like, you know, little like percussion noises that other people are playing like, you know, marimbas or kalimbas or whatever. And, nice. and so like, you know, I just finished the track last night and I think part of it was just taking that and being able to be like, as a producer, like how do you create an orchestra out of these like 50 people? It was created in real time, right? And how do you organize it in a way? And so. I think for me on my front, it's been more about like, okay, like how do I push forward more? Like how do I experiment more? And how do I create 
communal moments like online where everybody feels like they have created something together. I think for me that's like really important and I think that has a lot to do with like equity conversations. It's not so much about it's not just the opportunity, it's about like how do you facilitate creative moments like with a group of people, right, that are different. Um so I think the it's been for me the pandemic has been personally it's you know all social political stuff aside, you know, cuz it's yeah. that's as terrible, right? But personally it's been extraordinarily fruitful and i think it's been a really wonderful time in the midst of crisis right. to to really think and reimagine and to assist other people into thinking about like how do you move forward after this right or even not even after this like how do you move forward like within this right like how do you really get people to situate themselves in it so yeah it's been good i've been like pretty <laughs> i've been pretty happy about it yeah, well, that's really powerful, and I think it's, um, I don't know, I just think about the loops that you made in the class, or just in general in the class, there were so many that also just had this sort of uh, sense of hopefulness, and yet also, um, I don't know, if despair or difficulty or sadness, there's sort of this um, pandemic has been many th- many feelings um mm-hmm. it really can't be boiled down to just one feeling actually can we hear more about the headspace you were in during your loop creation process so these were all of the different like songs that i worked on during the class and so as i've been working on those i it's it's it, this is more representative of the headspace that i'm in right so it's There's like all this different. Right, so it's just a lot of different like feelings, but then I was able to take those and break them down into their like components. And so that's what's really important about the, the components are like, for example, You know, you can take that and do whatever you want with it, right? There's these things. I think that's the most wonderful thing about music. It's just because it's a sense, it's a sensual thing. Like you, Mm -hmm. it's, it's an art for your ear, right? It's an art for listening. And I think it, it's just, it's crazy how something through just one sense can completely trigger all of these like memories, right? And I think that's right. it's a beautiful. I mean, food's the same way, right? You smell something mm-hmm. or you taste something, and it just brings you back, right? And I think that's it's cool. It's it's, it's beautiful. Yeah. Well, I definitely yeah I agree, and that sort of feeling of being transported, I feel like that's going to. Um, I mean, that's something, of course, that we experience when we listen to music, and I imagine that when we listen to what we've created in this period of time we'll be also transported oh, yeah, back definitely. here yeah and that'll be interesting to see what we think about that how we reflect upon that how we meet those um, memories and collective uh you know memories feelings at that at that time when we get there 
when we get there. No, I think that's a great point because I think sometimes it might even be that we create these things and we fully don't understand what it is until like years later. Then we listen back to it and we're like, whoa, I was going through that. You know, like, but you don't understand、yeah. that you're going through it at the time. And, and now, once you have some distance from it, you're able to revisit it with a very different perspective. That, that, that's a really great point. I think that's,、um, yeah, that's good. That'll be really interesting in like five years, maybe. Yeah, so maybe we'll check in in five years. Okay. <laughs> re listen to that and we're like, oh, wow, I was going through some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I really cherish. Your time and this time together in this moment、um, talking, I really, I really appreciate it. No,、lot. likewise. A big thank you to the wonderful Chucky Kim for joining me in this conversation and for sharing his loops with us, which can be heard throughout this entire episode. You can find him on Instagram at Chucky Kim. And a big, big thank you to the members of the Mask Lab for supporting me in the creation of this episode and, of course, For sharing your sounds of the pandemic with me, which was the inspiration of this episode. Take care, everyone, and stay safe. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Mask Lab podcast series, Sounds of the Pandemic. If you would like to learn more about the lab, find us at www.masklab.org. This episode is produced and edited by me, Shoshana Gottesman, a current doctoral student and member of the Mask Lab at Teachers College, Columbia University. The theme music is Grandma's Impala by Sarah, the instrumentalist, available on YouTube. Additional music was composed by Shoshana Gottesman and Chucky Kim. You can find more of Chucky Kim's music by following him at Chucky Kim on Instagram. <laughs>